Hoot. Well, you wanted it on the road. It's literally on the fucking road. I might not even let Machine Gun open. He probably shouldn't even be doing this because he is driving this fantastic minivan full of brothers north from New York City to Poughkeepsie for Impact Rebellion and TV After. We got a lot of shit going on. As we're crossing the Golden Gate Bridge. That's San Francisco. The Brooklyn Bridge. There you have it, folks. Is there an actual Brooklyn Bridge? Yeah, there is a Brooklyn Bridge. I don't think this is it, but there is a Brooklyn Bridge. It probably costs $88 to go across. We should ask Drugs Delaney. Faithful podcast listener. Love shouting out Drugs Delaney. Anyway, before we get into any podcast business, which is always nothing, I want to intro our guest. I think I may have railroaded him into doing this against his will. But I appreciate him kind of saying yes. What's he going to say? Like, no. Well, he's got to be stuck in the car with us anyway. So I have known this guy from the very beginning of developmental. Met him back in 2005. He doesn't look like it. He goes back even further than that. I first saw him pop up on WCW when I was not a kid, but in high school. I hate when people walk up to us and go, I used to watch you on TV when I was a kid. I want to go, well, fuck off, buddy. But... WCW, ECW, WWE, TNA, the old form. Now with us, Impact Wrestling. He's been around a long time. He's seen them all. The one, the only, the brother, Johnny Swinger. Hello, that's a hell of an intro. I appreciate it. I guess I'm a letterman, huh? With all those uh, letters you just spouted off. Tell me one of the funnest things you've ever done in your entire wrestling career, and then I'm not going to ask any more questions because we usually just cut each other off anyway. That's the only reason I've stayed in the business so long is for the fun. I mean, if I want to be miserable, I'd sit in traffic every day with a tie-on. See, I'm doing that right now, but not with a tie-on. But, uh, oh, man, it depends where, you know, like uh, All right, I'll, uh, ECW. Yeah, let's go ECW. There's always a good story out of there. Then I want to hear about that WCW locker room because you go in there when you're young, too. Yeah, well, the WCW, I was a kid for that. I still say to this day that was my biggest break uh, was WCW getting signed at 21. I think me and Rey Mysterio were the youngest guys. Uh, Alex Wright, too, under contract at a company. So that was a big deal. So you go to WCW. I, I came to WWE did at 21. Get, did you get a tryout? Did they find you? No, did you? I start, Scott Demore had called me in 1995. I had been working maybe a year or so in Canada. Me, Edge, and Christian, and all we all broke in together. We were wrestling out in Winnipeg for Don Callis. Wow. And uh, my first match ever was in Winnipeg, where Don Callis was the booker. And it was actually a national TV show in Canada. And uh, Scott Nemore saw us on there. And he contacted us and said, hey, do you guys want to do TV? And I jumped on it. So he brought me to WCW in 95 to do extra work, as they call it now. And uh, they took a liking to me. They started giving me really good matches with... You know, not getting killed by the Dungeon of Doom, but getting some good TV time with a, a lot of good guys like Benoit, Malenko, Eddie, all those guys. And uh, in 97, they gave me a contract. They gave me a real good deal. Hold on a second here. I got to ask. So, so this is where this is where Scott Demore's uh, elusiveness. Well, legacy in wrestling yeah. always comes in. Sometimes people go like, why is he in charge of Impact? Why, why yes. is he here? Why is he? Because he's, he's, he's not always out front. Let's hear it, Swinger. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been producing TV since he was a teenager. See? I mean, he, the guy, he really did start off knowing how to do all this stuff. I don't know how he did it, but he was booking. I'm just going to go on character. He was booking job guys when he was 19 for WWF and WCW. So he's always, he started off as an office guy. Think about that. Like people don't understand how deep it goes with Scott, but he's another one of those people who grew up a lifelong fan, 
and uh, was a true student of the game and really learned every aspect of it. And now he runs our company. What was he in charge of at WCW at that point? Jody Hamilton took a liking to him, I guess, when he started coming in to do TVs and then gave him the chance to, when he found out Scott had trained guys and it was uh, just knew a lot of good wrestlers, that he actually gave him the opportunity to book guys for TV. And at one point, Scott had vans going down to Atlanta from Michigan, guys like me and Rhino and uh, D'Lo Brown. We all, we all went, we went to WWF. He was doing WWF and WCW at the same time. Think That's about that. Cool. What a smart brother Jody Hamilton was, the assassin, the guy who, who finished me up and you had to do some developmental penance with later on I too. I started but, over three times. Wow. So, so, so Scott, Scott called you, brought you in. Did you get like yeah. a dark or did you get a tryout? No, or? I went right on TV. No, you did jobs back then. Like, oh, you know, you're the guy getting beat up on Saturday morning. My first TV match was with Johnny B. Bad, Mark Merrill. Oh, wow. and it was like 10 or 11 minutes. Are you nervous as shit right oh, now? Oh my gosh. You you, well, I walk in the locker room and there's Earthquake and uh, <laughs> oh my Dick Slater's playing cards with Murdoch. And it's like, oh my gosh, how scary is that? The least scary guys were the Steiner brothers, if you can believe yeah. that. But yeah, we're no, we're buddies with those was. guys to this day. And the Steiners, I've known them back all the way to those early days of WCW, but I really became good friends with them in the last 10 years because we all live in the same area. And so you did that. You did the job for Johnny B. Bad, right? Yeah, that was did, my first TV match ever in Macon, Georgia, the Macon Coliseum. And man, it was like 10 minutes. And I got in the ring, and Nick Patrick was the ref. He's like, You nervous? I couldn't even answer him. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that always makes you more nervous, too, when somebody says, hey, are you nervous? Yeah, and Mark is such a great guy. We get to the back. He's like, hey, don't be afraid to lay it in because I was afraid to touch him, right? Sure. Like, if I stiff this guy, I won't be brought back. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was taught to be a worker You're right off the bat. Too. <laughs> yeah, you got to see it coming because you won't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so you do, you, you do a couple of those and then they offer you a contract or what? No, That's, no, two years, two years of that. Two years yeah, I was that. still living in Buffalo and I'd meet up with like, Rhino and some guys in Michigan and we drive down to Atlanta for like two days and then they were doing the syndicated tapings in Orlando. So sometimes we get a two week run out of it. Holy shit. So yeah. you'd be on the road for two weeks and you're just taping like, yeah, you're so taping WCB main event Saturday yep. night, WCB pro. That's, that's exactly. Yeah. I did the first American males match. Their debut is against me and killer Kyle in uh, Anderson, South Carolina. We did all those towns around Georgia and South Anderson, Carolina. South Carolina. And, yeah. Wow. I worked pretty regularly for them for two years to a point where they actually started flying me in to do TVs. And then I oh, think it was DDP was, DDP was the one that said, bro, they like you here. You need to get down to Atlanta. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. when I was like, okay, I'll move to Atlanta. I'm going to do shit out of Buffalo, New York. Right? right. I moved down there and it was early 97. So I moved down right for the beginning of a two week run of Orlando tapings. So I'd have some, some money coming. Right. I stayed with a few people, and it was like May of that year. JJ Dillon just called me up and said, uh, "You know, I talked to Eric, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you a two year contract, and uh, you know, come on down to CNN Center, and and, and that that's how it got rolling." It, I always remember JJ going, what kind of compensation are you looking for? I was like, he actually asked me how much money I wanted. I was like, I'll take anything. Yeah. You what know? are you offering? Yeah, like a guaranteed check every week? Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, did, making, you, did you actually throw out a number? I think I asked him for 500 bucks a week. <laughs> then he did say yeah. sold. <laughs> he got eight. He gave me more than I asked for. Wow. that's, that's... Let me backtrack a second. Yeah. Like I was telling you earlier, it's hard for me to remember 22, 23 years ago. Just before I got signed, I had a match with Goldberg, a dark match. Oh, it shit. was before he debuted, and it was like eight minutes. 
And then I did the same week. I did Ernest Miller's first match ever. Holy shit! And that and that and that's when Eric pulled me aside and started talking to me. Eric liked Ernest. Yeah, right? yeah, it was his. That was his guy. So yeah. I did a good job with Ernest. And then here we go, Steve McMichael. I did a oh, match, wow. and Mongo with Eric. You need to sign this guy. So like, I had a lot of people yeah, really, yeah, cool. yeah, really push for me and stuff. And uh, yeah, and that's so that's how I got the deal. This episode of Talk and Shop is brought to you by Manscaped. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOTS20, H-O-O-T-S-20. Now, Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0, it's the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants in your garden. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did I mention that it's waterproof as well? Yep, that worked with me in the shower. Equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After clearing your nose, make sure we get uh, get rid of that foul ball smell with the, uh, the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Now, the Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Reviver, well, that's a spray-on toner for your balls, and you want to keep those boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh-cut spring flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped is partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOTS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOTS20 at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. How do you get from WCW to ECW? Then? And what year does that take place? Uh, probably like late 99 once again, DDP and Raven got with me and they're like, ah, you know, you're, you're not going to move up here. You need to go somewhere else and get over and come back kind of thing. And I, gotcha. I fell for that and I gave up a lot of money to do that. So, so did you do, so what else? Yeah. I asked for, yeah, yeah. I wish I had that money back. Gotcha. Um, and that's, and then Raven, because WCW, they probably would have given you a bigger money contract to just continue doing. Well, I always money. wonder if I would have got yeah. kept on the buyout because there was another. I had another uh, year and a half yeah. when I left. So you signed a two year. Then did you sign an extension? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I actually got two uh, two raises without even nice. saying nothing. They just send you a FedEx back then. 
for the contract. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember going in and asking JJ if I could be put on the road, like house shows. I wanted to work even though I was on a guarantee. Yeah. And that never happened. And then I'd get a new contract for more money. And I'm like, remember when we, uh, that now, yeah, right. Remember when I we just wanted to work. Remember when we thought we were getting in trouble for uh, being too wild on the Australian tour? They kicked everyone out of talent relations and closed the door, but it was to give us a raise because we were doing good. We were happy we were getting the raise, but we were more relieved that we weren't in trouble for being fools. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we were blown away. Right. So, so, so they pull you aside and say, you're not going to go, you're not going to raise here. You're not, not going to go up here. You're not going to climb the card here. Yeah, yeah. So ask for your release and go to the ECW. Um, or ask, or well, there's more to that, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love this. It's yeah, so, okay, this is kind of the other way i'm talking to edge about some stuff and he's got the brood going on they had just split up the brood okay him and christian go babyface, yep. and they're looking for someone else to go with gangrel oh, that would be great. literally for like it was a summer slam pay-per-view it went back and forth for a while russo was involved that's when his name first started coming up with being a writer before that we never heard of him um, this is, yeah, this is WWF. So those guys told me what they were making, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I got to get a piece yeah, of that, right? You yeah. know what I mean? So that's oh, – I was completely consumed with that. Right. So I'm waiting by the phone, and, it, you know, it just, you know how they just – they rebook stuff, and they don't tell oh, yeah. you. Know, it basically – It doesn't it, matter about the guy left it, hanging. It, yeah, it didn't come through for whatever reason, but I had that money in my brain. Like, Jesus, yeah. man, the money these guys are making – I thought I was making good money in WCW until I heard what they were making. Yeah. So that that was probably a, a bad thing for me when I found that out. And I was just obsessed with going there after that. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to ask for my release and I'll, you know, I'll go offer myself to them. And yeah, so I gave up a good guarantee in WCW to go get a tryout with WWF. And I did a couple dark matches, right? And they were, it was positive, but there was no, you know, we're going to sign you. They actually, they brought me to Stanford. Uh, flew me to LaGuardia here, picked me up, put me at the hotel there, and I worked out with Tom Pritchard for a couple of days. They just never called, and that's when Raven's like, "Yeah, hey, I want you to go to ECW. Hey, get over there." <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm gonna get over an ECW like me, Johnny Swinger, right, the basic wrestler and shit. Because we used to watch ECW at midnight yeah, when yeah, we were in WCW, and we as entered, yeah, I go, these these guys are nuts. We'll never go there though, right? We, right. me and Disco and those kind of, we're never gonna work there, right? Ha ha ha. <laughs> So I guess it's the next logical step, though, right? For if Raven kind of made sense in that sense, or do you try, or should you have tried to go back to WCW? No, I think he, I think he intended for me to go to ECW. Yeah. Oh. So you know what I'm thinking? Okay, I'll, if I can go to ECW and do something, I can either go back to WCW for more money or go to WWF, right? Because yeah. they were taking Taz and the Dudleys. Eric was giving out two hundred fifty thousand to anybody that was. A known guy from ECW, oh, so that would was leave, right? yeah. So that yeah, was I remember hearing that. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. I don't think it's gonna work because I'm not blood and guts and all this stuff. Right. So my nice first shot, right? my first shot for ECW is in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Boy, yeah. how the it, comes it all circle. comes full circle. Doesn't how I should, the fuck I is thought of a better way to do this? So I'm like, how is this gonna work? And I don't know if they're going to, are these fans going to know me or what? Then I found out that anyone off WCW was a major heel. Big heel, right? Oh, you blew bitch off. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I never had a reaction like that before. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Hell yeah. So all the towns I went to, I was a, I got, I was a heel. I got heat as a heel just for being a, a pansy ass WCW wrestler. It was great. <laughs> it was easy. And I, yeah. I never took a bump on a table. I never cut my forehead. 
My whole time there, I was asked once to have balls hit me with a chair, and I said no, because we were at the end of the thing anyway. Paulie and uh, Dreamer were great with, they look at a guy and they go, this is what this guy's good at. Push yep. him to do that. Yep. Don't ask him to do something that he's, you know, I wasn't a chair guy or a table guy, but they were good at that, at separating people. And, you know, we had enough people that were willing to jump off the stuff. I, they never asked me to do anything. How do they put you with, uh, now it's a shoot interview. Sorry, but this is interesting because we've never sat and talked about this. We've been friends for so long. Yeah. I've always kind of wondered this. It's a lot of shit. Look back at your network <laughs> stuff when I thought about it with my son before, but I've never asked you any of it. How do you get, who decides to put you with Simon Diamond? Did you know him or how did I, that come about? I've been in for a couple months doing single matches, okay. you know, with Guido and Kid Cash and having yeah. good matches yeah, yeah, and getting yeah. with reaction stuff. And then we're doing TV in Atlanta. I hadn't had an angle or anything yet. We're in Atlanta. And Dusty had sent two students to get a tryout. So Dreamer comes and says, Swinger, do you want to wrestle against Simon Diamond or do you want to tag with him against Dusty's kids? Well, we both want to be heels, so we don't want to wrestle each other. He goes, Dusty's guys are going to get a good look. Let's, Let's do a tag. And we did one tag. And it was good. And Dreamer said, go do a promo. We did a promo. Polly wasn't even there. He sent the promo to Polly and said, you guys are together. Effective immediately. There you go. And then, yeah, we just took off with that. It was just a chance thing. Do you have a contract with ECW or is it no. a pay-per? And I pay-per. didn't care about it because I was there to go back to WCW. To get over. I'm like, yeah. what I started doing with Simon Don, I'm like, this is going to get me in WWF or it's going to get me back to WCW on a good deal. Right. right. That was my thinking. Do you smarten him up to this and say, let's go as a package or we'll just see what happens? Um, He was under contract on a good guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. He was under contract, a good guarantee. And he knew what I was doing. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. He was cool. Yep. We worked great together and it was easy and fun. And so what do we have about a year and a half until the company's out of business? Not even, not even. So what, it do, was, do you uh, know when you're coming in or is it it's still, it's still hot. I feel like. When you yeah. That, man, that summer of 2000, that six months all the way to the end of the year were the biggest crowds that ECW ever did. Like we did wow. 6,000 people in LA. They never did 6,000 right, ever. Yeah. Toronto, 6,000. Chicago, like, five, like it was really we good. Yeah, they did the best houses that whole last six to 10 months of the company were the best crowds. So did you have much interaction with, with Heyman? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Did you yeah. along well? He's, he was very hands-on. He, to this day, he's the only promoter that I ever saw that, like when he he tells you a promo, he actually gets in your face and does the promo the way you would do it. Like with your expressions and, yeah, I'm the swing man, daddy. You know, he actually did, he would actually do that. And that would fire you up to do like, because he would actually mimic you doing the promo. I never seen Vince or anybody ever do that. Makes sense. It's so fun to hear different people's perspective on him. I mean, like we feel like we got got by him, but a lot of guys, he's their best experience and like their best advocate. So just goes to show yeah, he was the a experience great, He was a have. great motivator, a great coach. There were a couple of things he said to me that didn't come to pass, but. Well, <laughs> yeah, from the last, that's yeah, right. Not everybody's perfect. Right. I, I, I feel like he meant for the best, even though it didn't always turn out that way. And when somebody know. in power believes in you. Like, yeah, know, yeah, as human beings, right, we right. all love that. And yeah. you drive off that, and it does motivate. Sure, you yeah. Work and I was right. at that age where I'll do anything you ask to, you know, make so, it. Right. So we roll through the summer of two thousand. Go ahead. What do you got? No, so ECW rolls. 
ECW ECW gets bought. Or I want to I want to I want to hear the decline right well, now. Well, I don't remember the because uh, you know, I wasn't a big ECW fan. Right. I, didn't get, made, I just didn't get to see it. Through 2001, the beginning of 2001, it was January. The last pay per view we did was here in New York City, and uh, they canceled TV or something. That's when we knew uh, this uh, this it. thing's going down. Uh, when there was no more TV, you know, there was the talk of losing the TV deal. We were on TNN. And when you lose the TV deal, yeah, we, uh, Paulie stopped coming to the TVs. Oh, that's bad. And they're like, "Why is Paulie not? He's out looking for a TV deal." That's when we we're kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, a lot, guys, a lot of guys, a lot of guys owed money. I wasn't owed money because I was paid so little that I probably owed him money. After we did that last pay per view in January, there was no more TV for like two months, and then they ran some spot shows. And then that was it. But right before that, I called Johnny Laurinaitis, who was booking WCW at the time, to see if I could go back there. Yeah. Because we didn't, this was before Vince showed up on freaking Nitro. And yeah. There were, the internet wasn't big yet. We didn't know what the, literally didn't know what was going on. So, uh, and Terry Taylor was still there and he was always a backer of mine. And he said, let me talk to Johnny. And then Johnny called me. And said, yeah, we'll bring you in, you know, have your work. You know, they had like a tag team tournament going on, so yeah. they put me with a guy, and we did a match with Rey Mysterio and Kidman. They ended up winning the belts in the in the thing, and so I did a couple TVs, and literally it was over after that. That's when they did the simulcast. And then that was the yeah, end. yeah, and it oh, was over wow. with. So and then Paulie showed up doing color commentary on Raw, and that's how we knew that he it was all. Yeah, see, like I didn't have the I didn't have a contract with ECW, so I could go do. I figured the company was done. I should go try to get a job. Right. Right. Scott DeMauro make he made a joke one time. He's a swinger. You're washed up in 2001. I'm like, it's almost the truth because because <laughs> it's like I started off so strong with WCW and then the ECW. I got the push that I was looking for, and it's always well, I, you know, I could have left the business in 2001 and had you know enough going for me to do independence forever and stuff like that. But I that I had a taste of that money. I, I, I made money and then I saw what those guys were making. When they told me they were making, I still can't get it out of my brain. <laughs> I can't wait well, to ask you off the air. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you off the air, but with what they were making to be the tag team champions, yeah. when they did that first ladder match on WrestleMania, they oh, were made. Oh I mean, they God, got main sure. event money after that. And you guys know from being with New York, your money don't go down. So you do the WCW matches, and, yeah, and then WCW gets bought. Here's the best part: the night that Vince or Shane shows up on Nitro, Raw's in Cleveland. I'm at Raw in Cleveland for a dark match. Wow! And I'm sitting there and catering, hearing that they're doing all this, and I'm like, "Well, the business is over. <laughs> I'm fucking done. How am I going to get a job in here? They just bought WCW. They got all these guys to choose from, right?" And I'm like, I, I had a match with uh, Ron Killings yeah. Truth. And uh, I worked two shots. We were somewhere else in this sec, but I was just like, oh, this is, there's no way, right? That was the hardest part of my whole life was that 2001 to 2003 because Vince owned everything and TNA hadn't started. Well, they started later in 2002, but yeah. um, I didn't catch on with them until 2003. Me and Simon Diamond, we, we went in there. Wow, so what was it like on the indies at that time? It was rough. I was going to, oh, yeah, I man. I thought about that. Well, yeah. we, I, we've talked about, like, we always hoped because when we came so in, many people that, yeah. that were looking for work, and I had heard stories about—I won't say names—but there were some ECW guys that would just go work for anything, and it just killed everyone's value, so you couldn't get any money. 
uh, especially up here in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey. I heard that. There were a bunch of guys who lived up here. They had outside issues, and they would work for whatever, right? Here I am in freaking Georgia, and I didn't know what an outlaw was yet until I, you know, was forced to figure it out. We know now. Yeah, and I love it. And I'm a big, uh, I'm a champion of outlaws. I love them. They're my favorite. But, uh, yeah, that was a rough period. That's, you know, I still look at it like, man, you know, geez, I was 26. Man, I could have went back to college and came out 30 years old with a whole new. But uh, I got too much of a taste of the business at that point. What did you do during that time? Where were you working um, at? Scott Demore was running uh, Windsor every six weeks. So I was going up for that. And he was actually running a pretty good business. Uh, BCW, right? Yeah, he was drawing, man, and uh, 1,200, 1,300 people. He gave me a really good deal where he made me the heel champion and he'd bring in a name for me to work an angle with and then we'd do a couple returns. And there was TV up there too. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was pretty good. It was strong. And I had an 18, I think about an 18-month thing with wow. her. Yeah, I did an angle with Shane Douglas. I did an angle with Dreamer. did an angle with Lawler. And it, it all drew. Yeah, yeah it was, it was good too. stuff. Yeah. It really was. Dusty was running some shows in Georgia, turnbuckle. so I was turnbuckle doing some turnbuckle, doing turnbuckle shows. But my wife really carried me those couple of years until TNA came up, and uh, it was hard. But we didn't have kids yet, so it was feasible, and we, we had a little townhouse. We didn't have a lot of expenses and stuff. Um, if I would already had a family at that point, I'd have been screwed. I'd had to go work in a factory or something. But uh, yeah, and then the TNA thing came. Uh, Scott Demore is a recurring figure in yeah. my career. Uh, He's always in the story. Yeah, uh, we we and then luck too. For for whatever reason, America's Most Wanted was Storm and Harris. Yep, they were the tag team champions, and they didn't have anyone to work with. Perfect. So they're in the meetings with Jeff and Scott's. Like, why don't we bring in Simon and Swinger to work with them? And Jeff was like, Yeah, I'll bring him in to put him over. You know what I mean? Brought us in and put him over one night, and the match was good. I good enough that we're going to bring it back next week. By the second week, we're in a feud with him. There you go. Yeah, and That's then six great. weeks after that, we're the champions nice. with no contract. And yeah, that's, so that's then we, 03, right? Yeah, so we got the belts first, and then when we went to negotiate a contract with Bob Ryder. We asked for some money and he gave it to us and Jeff got mad and he was pissed at us. And, yeah, so I'd never had experience like that before. I was happy but I'm nervous too. You know, oh geez, you know, he's the owner. And, but we had we had good deals with TNA. They were running every Wednesday, so you had your weekends open to do so we got Kill some good independence being the tag team champions and we were doing Polaroids back then, man. The actual oh, yeah. Polaroid pick. Yeah, so we were making money. Was that was that back when uh, TNA was just on the Wednesday pay-per-views? Yeah, yeah. And, and we were still there uh, figured in when they started going to Orlando. So it became every Wednesday, Thursday. So we'd do Wednesday uh, pay-per-view and then we'd fly to Orlando every Thursday and do the TVs down there. So, so once right. again, during the week, has your weekends open. You guys were an integral part of the beginning of TNA then. Yeah, man, it was great. It was, uh, but you know, it's still, it was, I remember every week we drive up there, like, man, we got another week out of this. You know, you just (laughs) didn't, you'd hear things like, oh, Health South dropped out. They're looking for a, like, we've been through this with Paul E before, right? Like, oh, yeah, looking for a TV. I feel like TNA's been like that for 20 years and it's still It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah, and they got a 20-year thing coming up and it's like they've been 
literally, I'm telling you, we were driving up there in 2003 wondering if, if this thing's wow. going to be there next week. We did hope you, it is, but we don't know. Did you ever leave TNA or you just, you've been there for 20 yep. years now? Yeah, oh. yeah, I'm a quitter. Uh, I've never been <laughs> fired from a job. I've, uh, yeah, I've quit them all. I'm a quitter. <laughs> But I still think that's better because I yeah, was still brought up the old school way when it's not happening, it's not happening. You pack your bags and you leave the damn thing and you go to another one. Nowadays, you can stay in WWE for 15 years. Like these yeah. kids, I don't know how they do it. Uh, we see uh, Hawkins and Zach Ryan. Like these guys are, are in such good moods all the time. They spent all those years there. How did they, how do you stay right. in one place? I mean, how right. do they not frustrate you? I wanted to kill them after a year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Their money went up pretty significant, though. That helps. They, yeah, they, that yeah. helps. Once yeah. everybody started getting paid, it was just kind of like, well, yeah. you know. What happened with TNA, uh, me quitting or asking for a release was... What year was this? Late 2004. Um, they just, they did a talent meeting, and the Jarrett's said, look, uh, we're going to have Dusty's going to take over booking for a while. I already split up with Simon Diamond. That was the other weird thing. They split me and Simon Diamond up. We had one match together, and then they tagged me with Disco. I'm like, why would you split us up just to just put me to in another that. tag? Yeah. So that was, once again, back then, I, I was more into it than I, you know, now I just kind of go with whatever they want, but I used to overthink all that. Like, why would they do this? Why would right. they get angry about it? I don't do that anymore. So Dusty calls me in. He says, look, baby, I did not like Gilberti, so I'm not going to use you guys. And he basically told me he was going to send me home. Because he didn't like Simon? No, Disco. He didn't disco. like Disco. Oh, Disco. Yeah, put me with Disco, and Dusty told me to my face he did not like Glenn, oh so he's God. not going to be using us. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm oh, under man. contract, but I'm paid per night. Oh, shit. On 750 bucks a match, but I got to have a match to get the money, right? Right. So I can still do independence, but it ain't like making the 1500 a week I was making to do Wednesday and Thursday every week, right? You know what I mean? That, that was the, the base of the livelihood right there. Yeah. So how long is that going to go on? I don't know. I mean, you know, one TV goes by, another one. I'm pit you start pitching stuff now, ideas, yeah. right? And I hear Dustin's coming in. Okay, I'll work with I'll work Dustin. Dustin. I'll put him over, right? Whatever, you know. After like two months, he's not bringing us back. And, I, and Scott's still in there, and he's like, dude, he's like, I don't know what the, you know what I mean? He's, he's just an agent at that point. Dusty's got complete control of everything. So I'm talking to Christian one day, and he's like, you know, I was telling him what was going on. I said, man, they're just sitting me under this contract. I don't I don't get paid unless I work. And then he goes, well, you know, Dreamer is going to be running a developmental in Atlanta. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, let me call him. So Dreamer calls me and says, but you're under contract. I said, he goes, if you can get out of the contract, he goes, I can at least get you in here on a, you get a weekly check, right? Get a job back. So yeah. that's how that all came about. So I asked, I had to ask Jeff for a release and that was hard. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Jeff was very sensitive. I said, Jeff, I want to be here, but I, I, I'm not working. And Dusty told me he's not going to use me. And I pitched things about being by myself, whatever. He just, who knows how long it, you know, could have. And at so that Jeff point, was I, hot? Yeah, yeah, a little. He wasn't hot. Jeff will never get hot to your face, but he didn't rush on giving me the release. It took a bit of time. And I had to do a couple emails. I said, look, I'd love to be there, but I got a kid now. I got a one year old. I'm like, you know, I had a job and I gave up a job for another job. You know what I mean? It's like, now I got a job, but doesn't pay anything. You know what I mean? So finally he let me go and Dreamer got me in there deep south, February of 05. That's when I met you. Yeah. We not even built yet. It was, yep. a, you remember we sat 
Yeah. We didn't meet till June. So I, I that wasn't the hey man, I got paid for three or four months. Well I was I that. came right away in whatever month it was and we worked out like outside, then we worked out a Yeah, I came gym. down for a couple it, of, it was the shits, yeah. Yeah, it's the Bill DeMott it, it, and our, Era. I go in there and it was like old WCW days, like I got along great with Bill and WCW. He's like we're talking here right now, we're we're buddies and yeah. stuff. And, Gallows, it'd be like if you all of a sudden you became my boss, told me I got to start doing squats every day. Like, what do you mean? We're, I thought we were friends. <laughs> Why would you do this? To like, me? <laughs> we, I put you over on TV now. You want me to do squats? I mean, what, <laughs> what the fuck? You know. So, did you, so you signed a talent deal or a trainer's deal or no, what? A developmental deal. A developmental WWE deal. Yeah. I wasn't told what kind of deal it was. I but was he thought he was going to go right to TV, right? Well, here's the, yeah. Dreamer told me we're doing a developmental in Atlanta. He goes, but we're starting ECW again. So yeah, oh, I'll yeah. get you in on this and then you'll be a part. We're doing ECW pay-per-view in June of 2005. So that was yep. coming up. So all my eggs were in that basket. Right. And I go and come down and meet you guys. And there's a dirt floor there. And I'm like, and you're like, what the fuck? What is it? Yeah. What's this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I can't imagine going to that right now. Eventually I start coming in every day. And I'm like, what is, you know, I did this 12 years oh, no. ago. I, I thought I was going to the ECW, right? <laughs> but they signed you and you got paid, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's crazy. So the dreamer just pulled that. Pulled that pulled those strings? Well, um here's what John clear that with that WWF yeah, Johnny, then? Johnny Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. That, uh, he was his uh Dreamer was Johnny's assistant, and this is what Johnny told me. He said I told Dreamer, make a list of guys that you think we should hire. Johnny Laurinaitis told me this. He goes, and I crossed out a lot of people. He goes, so I didn't hire everybody that Dreamer thought we should hire. This all came about when I started getting ready to leave New York, too, where I was like, they didn't, I wasn't included in the ECW thing. That's what I was staying there for. I stayed right. another year. If you remember, they didn't actually start the ECW until like a year later. Yeah, and then I wasn't on it. I wasn't figured into it at all. And that's when I called Johnny. I said, hey, this is what... And he got mad. He, that's when he started yelling. He goes, Tommy's got to stop telling guys this. You know, he goes, Johnny told me, he goes, you were never figured in for ECW. I said, why it's was I? Insane. I said, why was I hired then? And he goes, I'll tell you exactly why you were hired. Dreamer made a list of guys. I crossed off a bunch. He goes, I hire, I told him to hire you because I thought you had potential. It had nothing to do with ECW. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? He's like, try to stick it out a little longer. So that's how I, I end up. Otherwise, I was ready to leave the first three months. When of I course out. you're ready to leave. We pitched an idea together at one point. The you freaking too. Deacon and Johnny There Swinger. was so much that now, now that you mention it, yeah, I do remember that. I wondered uh, if you remembered that. Yeah. Dude, I was trying anything and everything to get the hell out of that wrestling <laughs> camp. You yeah. know what I mean? And make some money because I was on 500 well, bucks yeah. a week. You know what I mean? It's like. I'm going home to my wife and kid, and she's looking at the checks going, you were making, first of all, she saw the WCW checks. Yeah. She knows what Edge and Christian are making. Then oh, she geez. saw, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. been it was such a roller coaster of money that it's like, well, this is supposed to be where the big money is. Right. This is lower than your first WCW contract. <laughs> These are all the things I'm hearing every night. Oh, so you got to be a single guy in this business. You really, until you really make it, you know, that nobody could understand why anybody would do what we do you right know, you gave up 750 a match for 500 a week what are you a dumb shit or what yeah, yeah. <laughs> drew you remember they brought me to tv for a few months because i asked for it i said please just get me out of here and then, you can at least and then i knew i'd, I'd double TV. my money yeah. by going to tv so i'm making a grand a week maybe a little more you know if there's a good house i get 600 right so i'm like okay this is 
you know, who knows if anything's going to come, but at least I'm working. It gets me out of that school for a couple of days, right? Right. And then they just stop using me and I'll go back to the school till they come up with something for you. And I'm like, that's when I called Dreamer and Johnny. I said, look, I'm, you guys are tying me up for 500 a week. I could go do one independent and make more than that. And I right. could go cut grass during the week. I could go do anything. So it just got to that point where it's like, I'll just leave the business all together. I'll just do independence or whatever. So I quit that thing. <laughs> yeah, I was the quitter. I kind of love Apparently, that. after I quit New York, Jeff Jarrett said to Scott, "Is he ever going to stay anywhere?" <laughs> he quit everywhere. So you go, you go back out the Indies and you're cutting grass at this point. Then <laughs> I don't even like cut my own grass. I do it though because I'm a cheap do. motherfucker. I don't. Yeah, I'm too cheap to pay someone, so I do cut my own grass. What'd you do then after you got uh, um after you left? Was it 2007? started getting involved in the Southern independence. And then I got the greatest call I ever got in my career. Mike Jackson called me in 2010. <laughs> Swinger. Mike Jackson. Action Mike Jackson. Cause I'm going to book you for Carrollton, Georgia. My ad been there a million times, right? What am I going to do with that? So I get there, I'm the heel or whatever. So I'm working for him just to do work. And then like a few months he goes, Swinger, we're going to make you a baby face. I was like, that'll never happen. That's not going to work. I've never been a baby face. He goes, we're going to make you a baby face and you're going to sell gimmicks. I said, bullshit. <laughs> no one's going to want to buy a He goes, you got WWE pictures? I said, yeah. He goes, bring them next time. I'm like, why? He goes, just bring them. You made me a baby face. I made 380 bucks in gimmicks. I'm like, this is the deal right here. There you go. Is actually Mike that Jackson, that, that old fella that yeah. comes around? Uh, actually, Mike Jackson rules, dude. Yeah. Take your mouth off him. So he taught me. Don't how run to, over this, brother. He taught me how to work Southern Independence, how to be a baby face and sell gimmicks and talk to the people. And, yeah, uh, you've made a living doing oh that, dude. Gosh. You love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And if you know how to do it in the South, like, yeah. I remember being, being fired the first time and, like, you go take the big overseas bookings and get the big money once you cool off. Yeah. But then you could work four nights a week right. there if you knew yeah. how to hustle and you could make a living. I always, tell young, I always worker. tell young guys, move to Atlanta, Nashville, or Chattanooga, and you can drive everywhere. Yep. You really can. We appreciate you oh, for even you sitting around doing this. We're glad we got to hang out with you in our uh, the Good Brother era of impact <laughs> which is also the COVID era which is our favorite we've been saying on our media blitz last week it's our favorite era in wrestling ever just because it was so easy and it was fun I prospered I really have yeah I no. Prospered so. how many bumps did you take in the COVID era three I, I, yeah I don't even yeah, two years even really it's just uh, <laughs> you know you have the greatest gig in the business. I love it. Yeah, I really do. Give Swinger some love on where you can find Yeah, them. Swinger. I know you're not a big social media guy, but this is how we plug your stuff. Yeah, I'm on the Twitter gimmick uh, at Swinger underscore Johnny. Johnny underscore Swinger on Instagram. My real name, Joe Dorgan, on Facebook. There you uh, go. I'm on there, Daddy. Yeah, I got bandanas for sale. And if you are in the Southeast and you do want to see some of this independent wrestling we're talking about, May the 6th. Friday, Friday, May the 6th, before we head out for the Impact TV tapings, Dalton, Georgia, North Georgia. You can drive there from a lot of places. Machine Gun Carl Anderson, the big LG Doc Gallows, versus our pal, the Swingman, and his partner, Ziggy Dice. Oh, television rematch, Dalton, Georgia, May the 6th. It is to benefit the Children's Miracle Network. Come out and support a good cause. See some good professional wrestling. See you guys.